You're listening to Questionable Material. What's that? What's going on? I don't know. The, the cast of Duck Dynasty just broke in my house. Oh, this is our podcast. Guys, this is a podcast. Why are they dressed like that? Wow, Jack, this has gotten weird. Hey, weirder than usual for our show. This is not how I wanted to start 2021 podcast. That's, I thought the first cold open of 2021 was going to be great. This is a bad omen. This is the People's Podcast. You're, you get out of the People's House. It's actually my house. Uh, put that down. Please disperse. Can you leave a five-star review? Dream Slayers. Oh, good. Hi, you guys are in business. Um, so I was just wondering. I, you know, I was thumbing through the yellow pages, which is weird. I know, but um, mm-hmm. I, uh, I don't have a computer, and I saw your your ad, and I was wondering. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I have so many an- enemies I'd like to vanquish, and I don't really know what Dream Slayers is. It seems like you might have a service that I would be interested in. What What, what do you guys do? Well, uh, what we do is we take wishes from uh, terminally ill people. Mm-hmm. And, and, and find a way to turn them down. Mm-hmm. So if you or a loved one or even just a, a random acquaintance is suffering from a life-threatening illness, uh, you can present to us what they would love to do before their life comes to an end, you know, a bucket list item, as we'd call it. And we will find a way to uh, deny that wish, to slay that dream. Um. Dream Slayers. Dream Slayers. Uh, okay. Yeah. You know, yeah, I, I was going dark when I called you guys, but um, gosh, that doesn't seem uh, like the happiest business to get into. Um, how, how did you choose to get into this? Well, we weren't concerned about happiness as much as we were concerned about reality. And to let someone know that, no, you can't have a a VIP tour of Disney World just because uh, you have uh, mesothelioma. You know, no, uh, you cannot go to Tokyo just because uh, you you have a a weird disease that ages you rapidly and, and you'll be looking like you're 85 years old before your 17th birthday can help you mm-hmm. <sighs> okay um well i mean I, you know what what how, how is your uh, do you guys do a lot of business uh, you know i want to make sure you know sometimes you like to read customer reviews before you go into business with someone i mean have you guys had a lot of customers we have had well we've raised a lot of money okay uh we are a 501c3 nonprofit enterprise Mm-hmm. I pay myself $450,000 a year as the head of oh. Dream Slayers. And I have a small administrative staff consisting of my wife, Megan, uh, my son, Murky, and my daughter, uh, Isabella. And the four of us, we, we do pretty well, I'll be honest. We each have our own house. Cheapers. Yeah. That's amazing. And, um, uh, how old are Murky and Isabella? Uh, Murky is seven and Isabella is nine. And they each have their own home. I mean, like a, you're, you're talking like a doll house, like an LOL house. No, or- we have a, we've ta- taken over a portion of a subdivision. Uh, we have four houses. They're connected. We've, what we've built is a, a makeshift walkway constructed of pressure treated, uh, four by fours and some plywood, uh, that allows us to, to walk in between the houses and, and be, sheltered from the elements 
as it were. Uh, but you know, this allows Murky to do his own thing, Isabella to do her own thing, Megan to to do her own thing, and it gives us the space we need and want as a family. And there's that much money in in dream killing. Uh, there are a lot of people willing to donate to charities without doing a lot of what you would call maybe research or investigation of the charity. I I, I got my uh, first introduction to this uh, from Children International, uh, walking down the sidewalk in New York City and approached by a gentleman who said, do I want to help children? And I said, well, I mean, I yeah, children are great. And um, and then I, unlike many people, I didn't just hand him money. I, I went home and I researched Children International and saw how much money the CEO of Children International was was making. And I thought, charity is for me. Uh, that's smart. Yes. Um, do you advertise sort of that, you know, we're your, you know, end of life dream, uh, destination. Uh, you know, if you have an end of life dream, donate to dream smashers. What's your name again? Dream slayers. Dream smashers is a low quality knockoff. And frankly, they do a terrible job. Oh, really? Yeah, they're terrible. Well, what's, what's the difference between your two services? Our excuses are much more advanced uh, than Dream Smashers. Uh, okay, I'd like to, to run a scenario with sure. you. Sure. I'm, I'm calling, I would like to call, I'm going to pretend to call you with a dream and I'm like going to pretend to call Dream Smashers with a dream. So I'm going to call you first and let's see how that goes. Got it. Hello, Dream Slayers. Uh, hello, I'm, I'm calling because I would like to, um, to go and uh, be in the dugout with the New York Yankees. Uh, because I have uh, leukemia. Oh, that's so sorry to hear that. You've got the terminal leukemia? Yeah, I've, I've got uh, Jeepers. Maybe about six weeks to go. And you're a big Yankees fan? I'm a huge Yankees fan. And my uh, dream. Great team. The Bronx Thanks. Bombers. <laughs> oh, boy. We're really connecting. Um, so I, th- this sounds like this is going to happen. It sounds like you have a connection with a team, with everything you know. So I would like to be in the dugout with my favorite team, my childhood team. This has been my dream my entire life. I'm 42 years old now. Mm-hmm. My entire life, I would like to go just once uh-huh. and be in the dugout at Yankee Stadium. Who wouldn't? I know. So um, how be in do the I same have- hallowed space as A-Rod. Yep. Yep. He's one of the people who is a Yankee. Yep. So uh, anyway, let's sort of cleanse that moment and go right to um, uh, when can I do this? Well, here's the thing. Uh uh I'm deeply sorry that you have terminal leukemia. Ah, thanks. That is a a, a card you were dealt and that's unfortunate. And that's the big old life's lottery thing, right? I mean, some of us- (laughs) Uh, are lucky and others aren't. And and I'm sorry for you. And if you have a wife or family, I'm very sorry for them as well. Uh, But when you walk into the dugout at Yankee Stadium, there is a brass plaque inside the dugout that was put up by none other than George Steinbrenner. He actually affixed it himself with the epoxy. He applied the epoxy to the plaque that is inside the dugout at Yankee Stadium. Yeah, I know he would do stuff like that. Like, uh, you know, I'd like to thank the good Lord for making me a Yankee. Something like that. Yeah, well, this just says no Lucos. Mr. Steinbrenner was very uh, against people with leukemia. What? This is not, this is not common knowledge. Uh, George Steinbrenner, he viewed uh, leukemia as an affliction uh, that was delivered to someone who uh, deserved it 
uh, by a, a just and powerful God who uh, threw leukemia at people he or she didn't like. He, we know. Um, really? Yes. And one of his dying wishes was make sure to honor what's on that brass plaque. And he told that to all of the Yankees, including A-Rod and the others. And, um, and they all agreed and they swore with him to never let a quote unquote Luke go into the dugout. So his dying wish came true. His dying wish came true. And the, his, I hope you see the irony in that. That is, and again, that goes goes back to the the lottery of life kind of thing. Like he drew the that winning card. Yeah. Instead of a great baseball franchise, he uh, and he got his dying wish was that no people with leukemia are allowed to enter the Yankees dugout. You know, no matter how much they would love to do it, no matter how devoted fans they are, no matter if they know uh, a Rod or any of the other Yankee players, like who, all the other ones. No, like like one of the like maybe the most famous baseball player to ever live. Who? Well, A Rod obviously is one of them, very popular. Yeah. Uh, there were all sorts of Yankees throughout history who have played the game, the great game, as we call it. Is that is that we call it the great game? Mm-hmm. America's mm-hmm. pastime. I know we call it that. Yeah, yeah. Five uh, D chess is not that's not applicable. <laughs> Uh, but it's a great game, and and A Rod has played it, and many other famous Yankees have played it, and and okay. we want to honor them and their their cherished memory. Joe DiMaggio, yeah. Uh, so A Rod and Joe DiMaggio, as two great Yankee heroes, uh-huh. uh huh, have lived lives uh, free from people with leukemia in the Yankees dugout. Right. Right. So uh, as much as do I you, do, you only know Yankees who are potentially not nice to women. Uh, is, is that how you follow baseball? I mean, my understanding is that whether baseball or football, uh, professional athletes are not nice to women. Okay. And and our logic there is that because women throw themselves at these gentlemen and these gentlemen in turn, they treat women poorly. As a result, Deion Sanders. <laughs> yes, actually. That's a yank. Yeah. So Deion Sanders, Joe DiMaggio, A-Rod are three examples of Yankees who are <laughs> famous and, 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 and noble. And, uh, and I can't believe you lucked into Deion Sanders who they, played for the Yankees for like 30 games. Anyway, anyway, they, they upheld, they upheld, uh, George Steinbrenner's dying wish, which once again is that no people with leukemia. And I, again, I'm sorry about your leukemia. Uh, but you're not allowed in the Yankees dugout. So we're, we're going to have to kill that dream. Fine. Good day to you, sir. Bye-bye. All right. Now, now let's, I want to call now, how would it go? Now I, now I see what ser- service it is you do. Yes. I'd like to now call your competitor and let's see how they would treat me. Yes. Okay. <clears throat> Hello, dream smashers. Oh, hi. Um, I'm calling because, uh, you know, I have uh, terminal leukemia and I would love to go visit my childhood team, the team of my dreams, the team I love the most, the New York Yankees, and spend a day in their dugout and in their clubhouse before a baseball game. And it just would be my dream. They're in Ohio. (laughs) They're playing the Indians tonight? No, they all moved to Ohio. (laughs) The New York Yankees moved to Ohio? Yes. What, is it because it, it's the off season? Camping. 
They, they're camping. Well, I mean, they have a they have a game scheduled for tomorrow night in the stadium. Fake news. <laughs> How can I have my dream come true then? I'm sorry, you're breaking up. <laughs> I'm I'm calling from a landline. This is plugged into a wall. I know you're still there. I can hear you breathing. Well, I'm glad we could be of service to you, sir. <laughs> you were, okay. So I kind of think that illustrates how Dream Smashers doesn't quite have the creative vision that Dream Slayers has and, and in denying your end of life wishes. So, and that's why I pay myself the big bucks. You know what? I, I'm going to use you guys. Um, my, I hate to say this, but my mother uh, actually doesn't really have uh, long to live. And she just would like to see the grandkids one more time. She's only about a 45 minute drive away. Um, can I use you guys to, to sort of turn her down? Absolutely. It'd be a pleasure. Happy New Year, Brian. Happy New Year, Jackaroo. <laughs> what did you do to bring in 2021 and ring out 2020? I sat with my wife and watched a movie. Living the dream. Yep. Quarantine crazy party. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Fun. Well, uh, so I, well, I guess you must have had a cooler New Year's Eve party or or event. What What did you guys do? We quarantined uh, with our friends, uh, Brad and Lauren, and their kids. Uh, the, uh, this is your friend Brad, the director who does, who's an actual person who directs movies. Yes. And is back in town. I guess. Brad, he is. He yeah, he's the guy we use as the premise for our setup for the auditions bit. Yeah, yep. he's back in town. He was shooting a movie up in Canada with uh, okay. Skeet Ulrich. Ooh, actor. Yeah. Apparently very nice guy. You know, in quarantine, you, um, you use who, uh, who's available. That's uh, right. You know, you can't get picky. <laughs> uh, yeah, know. no, we got this cool Bradley Cooper script, but man. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the way I look at it is he's doing a movie. <laughs> That's true. And I'm not. <laughs> very true. True indeed. And, so, and, uh, Bra and, so and Brad even knows me more than Skeet. And yet put Skeet in the movie. Yeah. I don't know what that says. I'd, obviously he prefers uh, people who are better looking and b probably better acting. Yeah. 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 Yes to both those, but also better podcasters, fathers and husbands. Now, did, were, are you concerned at all? So he was up shooting in Canada. So did he do like the 14 days uh, isolation when he came back, did he quarant like, yeah, I, don't know. I hear that someone was in Canada making a movie and then you hung out with him and it makes me COVID nervous. Yeah, I know you get nervous. Uh, I don't know. I, uh, I mean, I know, you know, he's got a wife and two kids, so he's not doing anything crazy. He's kind of like we are, but you know, we, I'll go to the store. I'll kiss the checkout girl. I'll, you know, I'll do the usual transactional things. I don't linger. I think that part of it is lingering. Mm -hmm. You know, you get a baguette. Yep. Uh, you lean over the counter, you plant one on the girl's lips. Uh, you, you know, you no more two, three seconds because uh, the rate of transmission starts. I mean, the, the big transmission starts like around five to eight seconds is okay. what, what I think I read. Uh, so you, you lean over, you do the kiss and then you get out of the store. <laughs> so, so you, you'd race then out of the, the bagel store. Yeah. Because you know, the longer you stay there, the, the greater the risk of transmission goes up. You know, right, you right. go to the gas station, somebody's pumping gas across from you. They're, you know, six to eight feet away. Yep. But you walk over, you say, what kind of gas do you use? Do you use the, the fully uh, unleaded? Do you, do you care if there's ethanol in your gas? And then you kiss them. 
three seconds maximum to be safe. Right. Uh, and then you back out of there, you get in your car and you drive away. Oh man. See, I, a lot of times I forget that you were in a coma from 2017 to 2019 and miss the me too movement. And at some point we need to catch you up on, yeah. on what sort of happened during that time. Yeah. I don't know what that's about. And, you know, I've heard it mentioned before, uh, mm-hmm. like, uh, my son's, um, SAT, uh, coach, um, you know, she was, was teaching him and uh, SAT there in the math section. And I just leaned over and, and planted a kiss on her. Uh, and then again, you know, no more than three seconds. And then I, I bolt out of the room cause I, I'm worried about the rate of transmission. Of course. She has not tooted him since. Hmm. My feeling is that she thinks that they're going to stop using the SAT as a measure of, uh, of someone's scholastic ability. Yeah. And so she doesn't see the need for it. So she's probably learning another trade. <laughs> so you, you, you think maybe you got her out of the business? I think I might've, you know, I haven't seen her since. And so my only guess is that she decided coaching SAT, you know, that, that probably has no future, uh, was not going to be something that, you know, that she should spend too much time on. Now, okay, but back to this this COVID thing because it's blah. all right. So did Brad did Brad quarantine? So you spend New Year's Eve with this guy? Yes, we did. Did he quarantine? Did he and his wife? I know he's married. Did, did he and his wife quarantine before they hung out with you? I don't know. Jesus, you operate out of an abundance of caution. Yes, yes, my family and I, uh, uh, and and laugh all you want, but um, we are considered. Uh, some of the most conservative people in my, t- on my street and in my town. Is that conservative? That conservative is a way of saying crazy. Uh, no, yeah. uh, no, sir. Uh, I'd say that being cautious. So you're like uh, the Iranian regime, the hardliners of uh, COVID safety. If my daughter is wearing her mask and a dress that is above the ankles, do I brand her a slut? Sure, sure. She's eight. She needs to learn that. So, yes, we are conservative in that way, if that's what you're asking. Cautious Jack, the man who's afraid of COVID. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> pretty good. Yeah, I pitched that to you. You pitched it. To UPN. Oh, what'd they say? Uh, it needs more black characters. <laughs> yeah. All right, in COVID times, how do you stay healthy, Brian? I take my vitamin D, as my doctor said, mm-hmm. and he suggested melatonin might actually help. Mm-hmm. And uh, and wine it makes the virus fall asleep. <laughs> Is, really? Hold uh, on, I got to write this down. I didn't know that. That's what I believe my doctor told me. That's what that's what you believe he told you. That's right. After the what high blood mean? pressure thing and and the cholesterol thing, he was like, "Listen, wine makes your." Virus, go sleepy teeps. Was this one of those doctor's appointments you have like at 1130 at night when you've drank a lot of wine and are fighting with your wife? Yeah. Well, I, I'll leave and I'll, I'll walk down the sidewalks and, uh, and then I'll look at what I think is a secret sign for a doctor's office. And I'll just, I'll walk down that alley and, and look for the entrance to the doctor's office. And inevitably there's somebody there usually sitting next to a dumpster or perched atop a, a discarded refrigerator and I'll say, are you the doctor? And mm-hmm. they'll say, yeah. 
And mm-hmm. then I'll mm-hmm. be like, okay, well, I think it's time for my annual physical. And then, you know, I just follow their orders. Oh my gosh. What, what, uh, have you had a physical recently? I did. Yeah. A couple of weeks ago. What, what happened in your physical? Uh, he said, you know, try, can you breathe? And I said, yeah. And I showed him I could breathe. And then he's, he usually said my hand is a stethoscope. And so he put his hand on my chest mm-hmm. and said, okay, I can feel your heart beating. That's good. Oh. And I was like, okay. And then he, he kind of pushed around my abdomen. He said, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't feel no stone. Oh, okay. I, I think that's a reference to a hard liver. And so I said, okay. And he goes, so that's good. And then of course, you know, prostate cancer is a thing we got to be concerned about. So he checked that mm-hmm. for 20 something minutes. <laughs> the good thing is I don't have it. You, you don't have prostate cancer. I don't have prostate cancer. Okay. But the bad news is he ejaculated. <laughs> That's bad news. I'm worried. Okay, so uh, so a- so after after uh, he was done, uh, what was the rest of the physical like? Well, then then it was just a matter of the copay. <laughs> what what was the? How much was your copay? I don't know what your insurance plan is. He said it's whatever's in my wallet, <laughs> which I just gone to the ATM, so it was exactly two hundred dollars. Oh wow! Oh man. We got to reform healthcare in this country. Yep. So, Brian. Yes, COVID boy. Nope, because I'm smart. Do you, uh, you know, not, not, I think longtime listeners of our podcast will know that you're, um, you're a preeminent uh, time travel uh, expert. Yeah, I do love chronological uh, travel. Yeah. Since you already know everything that happens in 2021. Right. Maybe you could just sort of, you know, Tell some of our listeners what is in store because, you know, I think for a lot of people right now, the fear of the unknown is, um, might be a lot for a lot of people. You know, there's, there's still so much uncertainty in the world. So I think it'd probably bring, bring a lot of comfort to people to know that we're going to come out of 2021, the year we find ourselves in right now, four or five days in, mm-hmm. um, and that we're going to be okay. W- would you mind just sort of talking through some of the big events that you have already lived through in 2021? Absolutely. Yeah. When, when you came back to the present day, you sent me an email saying that there was um, a very memorable, um, a very memorable Super Bowl this year where there's some, some crazy, some crazy fans doing some things. And, um, uh, you know, I'd love to hear about this year's Super Bowl and, and, and the, the controversy. Well, the NFL um, saw that the numbers were dropping a little bit. Their, their, their displays of a political uh, opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're, they're kowtowing to some ideologies and things had, had upset a lot of their fans. And so they wanted to, to bring it back. They wanted to win their fans over. So now every quarterback gets a scimitar. <laughs> oh my God. They're allowed to, to hack and slice their way to the, to the end zone as they call it. And that's added a degree of kind of excitement and, and adrenaline and homicide that, that the game hasn't really had in the past, uh-huh. uh, you know, in, in the past you might have the occasional injury, but of course, back then they were allowed to wear helmets and padding. Uh, and now, you know, this with their grass skirts and paper mache body coverings, 
that are designed by school children. Mm-hmm. Uh, it makes it much more colorful. Uh, Troy Aikman. <laughs> yes, he's, Troy Aikman. He's uh, his his uniform was designed by a, a group of school kids in Kentucky, and it was very cute. It had a lot, a lot of drawings on it. Um, but the scimitar cut right through those. And he obviously, you know, bled to death on the 30 yard line. <laughs> which, which I'll, I'll be honest with you. I mean, that's, it's news right there that uh, a 54 year old retired uh, quarterback uh, has returned to the game yeah. uh, to be killed on the field. I mean, that's, that's big news. Yeah. Well, he was brought back. He was one of the few football players who hadn't expressed a political opinion. And so people were willing to actually watch him play football. So uh-huh. in that respect, it was great. Uh, but yeah, the, the fact that he got a scimitar kind of like right between the, the neck and the shoulder blade and, and kind of staggered forward a little bit and then spun around, fell down and then slowly bled out while the referee did his thing. <laughs> what, what, what is his, I don't see already this future code that you use. Yeah. You got to realize that we're not right. with you in the future, what does the referee doing his thing mean? The chicken dance. <laughs> That's a new thing. They want to spice things up. You know, some guy get out there shouting about rules. Uh-huh. It's dumb. It's very dry. It's very dry. So now, you know, somebody's, you got Troy Aikman bleeding to death on the 30 yard line. And then pop, 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 And, you know, the audience gets into it. They're cheering. And it, it's much more festive, obviously not if you're lying on the 30-yard line, but for the rest of the players, it's kind of a fun thing. And it's nice to know that Troy Aikman went out uh, with an, an audience singing in unison the chicken dance. <laughs> That's nice to think of? Well, I mean, I certainly would prefer hearing that than to the the, the screams of pirates or things. I mean, <laughs> you know, it's all relative, really. Yeah, I guess so. Huh. Um, I, you know what? Straight up, I'd watch that. I don't watch football anymore except for like the Super Bowl just yeah. to be part of the American conversation. I would start watching football again. I, I can see how this works. The ratings went through the roof. Man. Because the team that wins gets to shoot the opponent's team out of a cannon. <laughs> That's... I mean, they say football's a violent sport. Yeah. So I don't. I hope people aren't belly aching about this. Obviously, the the Kentucky Tinders won, but um, you know, it was it was an exciting game if you like football, and and that thing at the end with Troy being shot out of the cannon was really quite moving and touching, and literally touched everybody <laughs> in the audience. What? How? Why? Literally? Well, because they used too much explosive powder, and so it kind of turned him into a fine mist which a wind, you know, and drifted all over the crowd. Ironically, uh-huh. uh, Troy had been residing in a nursing home in upstate New York. And so he had COVID because that was the governor's plan. And so uh, this You're missed. Really this, this, this <laughs> okay, so it was a super spreader event. It was a super spreader event. <laughs> so, you know, right into the year and next thing you know, a huge spike. I don't want to spoil too many things, but be prepared. I would say, you know, buy your masks, buy your bleach and your toilet paper and your handy wipes and all the other things. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, that's good to know. And, and you said there was a, a really unforgettable musical performance at this year's Super Bowl. Hey, there was. 
who 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 did they get this year and when what happened? What was the big controversy this year? Well, they reunited the Beatles. <laughs> Holy shit. Yes. Uh it's exactly, I tried not to swear, but that's amazing. It's what everyone said. Yeah, no, it was it was pretty incredible. Oh my god, the greatest band of all time reunites yes. at the Super Bowl? Yes. At least two of them are dead. I know. And that, that's what you know, people are like, well, you know, is this going to be like somebody going to stand in for John Lennon? Is somebody going to stand in for George Harrison? No. They, so what they do? They prop the caskets up on stage. Uh, and then they started the song. And then they opened up the caskets. And, you know, people were expecting uh, like, you know, the remains, the skeletal remains might tumble out of the casket. Uh-huh. And of course, that makes total sense. And that's what happened. <laughs> so the band was missing two major elements but seeing Ringo and Paul McCartney together again with their two deceased friends was a sight to behold I bet I because I, I imagine a lot of people think like Bruno Mars or whatever is going to like pop out of the coffin and be right. like what's up can't buy me love right. something like that but it's, it's in fact John Lennon's 40 year old 41 year old remains yep tumbling out of a coffin. Yeah, it was, and, and you know, anaerobic decomposition had kind of reduced him to a kind of a jelly <laughs> uh, with bones. And it was just, it was fascinating. I mean, you know, you had people, you could see people kind of like straining to see like, does, does that resemble the John Lennon I knew? Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, some people saw the similarities. Other people were like, no, that's not the John. I, the John I know you know, had his trademark, had a, face. had a face and a trademark glasses and was a bad dad, but the music really, you know, Ringo's, he still got it. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, he was playing the drums. He was weeping. Uh, Paul McCartney <laughs> was, you know, doing his thing with guitar and keyboards and weeping. He didn't necessarily want to be there. That was mandatory. It was amazing. Mm -hmm. You know, I felt like I, I was at a Beatles concert in the sixties with people screaming and screaming so much that you could barely hear the music. <laughs> Uh, and just drowning out the the song, you know, the half version of Can't Buy Me Love or um, <laughs> version. the version, you know, I Am the Walrus that didn't have any uh, guitar vocals. I mean, it's just like, it's just crazy. It was, it was really amazing. Right, right, right. And and they brought Yoko Ono on at the end to what, what, what happened in the, in the end with Yoko? You said it was a, a big controversial moment. Uh, yeah. I mean, they, they brought her out on stage. And there was a ladder and, and hanging above the ladder was a note just, and, and, and so they, it was like her, it was reminiscent of her art. And uh -huh. so she climbed up the ladder and at the top, she looked at the note and the note said, die. <laughs> and then upon reading that out to the crowd, a single uh, solitary arrow shot from a compound bow pierces her skull. <laughs> and there's this, and she just kind of turns to the audience and realizes that all this time they didn't like her <laughs> and that her, her constantly saying weird crap just like had finally triggered them. <laughs> and and the, the, the crowd rose up uh, in joy at the sight of her toppling off the ladder with this uh, arrow that had pierced her skull. And, uh, and then as tradition now dictates, everybody did the chicken dance. Yeah, that's tradition. I, hard, hard to believe the future is is like this in 
four weeks from now. <laughs> it's going to be fascinating. Uh, 2021 is going to be a heck of a year. I, I tell you, I mean, it's, there's, there's a lot of things that you're going to love and, and, and probably hate about the year, but it will be interesting. And you say that this year's Mother's Day is a big news day. You said, what happens on, on Mother's Day in 2021? What's, what's the big uh, story there? The Mother's Day address is given by President Harris. And it's just about the importance of women uh, in society. And she relates some stories about being a mother herself that turned out to have been taken from Little House on the Prairie. But still, it was like it was the message that was important. Right, right. Um, and, and similarly, that there is an interesting Father's Day thing that sort of it goes along with that. You want to tell everyone what happens? There isn't a Father's Day. What? There was some discussion and it was decided that it's a relic of the patriarchy. Right. That makes sense. And so uh, that is now don't talk about it day. <laughs> what is it you're not supposed to talk about? Well, that's the thing. But, you know, the greeting card industry got in bed with the government and said, listen, you can't get rid of this holiday. It makes us a lot of money with our four five, six dollar greeting cards. Yeah. Uh, you know, we don't mind if you get rid of the dudes, but you know, change it to something else. So they came up with don't talk about it day. And there's a whole line of Hallmark cards uh, on this day. We don't talk about, don't talk about it. And then like, you know, you just, you know, all sorts of cards. Huh? Yeah. Well, that's, um, yeah, that's, that's a bummer. You know what? I, just cause we're going to get letters. Why don't you go ahead and tell everyone why we have a president Harris? Cause that I, I'll, I'll admit I'm a little, Curious as well. Uh, you know, it, it was just crazy. Uh, he He's inaugurated on the 21st. Uh, and then they have an inauguration party. Uh, on the 21st. So they, they waited. They waited a day. They wait an extra day, you say. Yeah. Well, they moved it. <laughs> it took it took a full day to get uh, Donald Trump out of the Oval Office. <laughs> he clung to every piece of furniture. And the guy, you know, he doesn't look like he's super physically fit, but he, he had a grip on that desk and he was not, but they finally got him out. Yeah. And so they, okay, let's do the inauguration tomorrow. I, it's already, it's already five 30, you know, it's, let's wait a day. Yeah. Let's wait a day. So they did the inauguration. Okay. And they go back there's a big party. I, ironically, the party was at the Trump hotel. <laughs> that, that stings. You, know, you have to be jerks about it. Yeah. It's almost like they did it on purpose. And so they had the party there. And then, I mean, they, uh, Biden, President Biden brought up Vice President Harris and said, you know, we did it, we did it. Uh, you know, and then she proposes a, a toast and she hands him the toast glass and uh, he drinks it and, and they toast and they toast to what they're going to be doing. And then it wasn't like, I mean, like 10 minutes later, the guy's dead. Huh. Yeah. It sounds like uh, possibly he was murdered. No, the government said it was old age. Okay. And if, you know, what happened was some people suggested that there was foul play, but they were immediately suspended from YouTube and Twitter. <laughs> uh, and you said um, that 2021 has a really interesting uh, Time Magazine Person of the Year. It does. Who, who, is, who is this year's Time Magazine Person of the Year? Yeah, it was actually a big surprise to many, many people. Uh, it was uh -huh. Michael Hutchins from NXS. Uh, yeah, that, that's a big surprise. Why? Because, you know, he kind of put autoerotic asphyxiation on the map and they felt like, you know, uh, it, it is something that has been so hush hush. And he finally uh, literally came out of the closet 
as someone who likes to suffocate themselves to achieve a, a higher level of, of orgasm. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And um, Time Magazine is always willing to look back and, and, uh, and honor people for their achievements. Right. Yeah. I mean, so, some painters die broke and now their paintings are, are literally uh, invaluable. Yeah. Multi, multi-million dollar paintings. Yeah. Uh, but back at the time, yeah, they weren't, you know, nobody appreciated their genius. And that's the thing. I think he's very similar to a lot of famous artists in, in that way. Especially and, in the autoerotic asphyxiation world. Exactly. And, you know, at the time it was kind of looked down upon. Why would you do that? Why would you risk death uh, and, and die such an ignoble way in, in, in a closet or armoire uh, by strangling yourself and, and masturbating? And, um, and we've, uh, we've come to realize that, no, that's a normal thing that everybody does it and, um, and you shouldn't be judged for it. I think, right. You know, we've stopped judging people for anything these days. And, mm -hmm. and it seems that, you know, we, we bullied him in a way, you know, and by making fun of, of that particular way to, to dispatch oneself. And so it's time <laughs> it's come full circle and, and literally, and, um, <laughs> And so now, you know, we're, we're honoring Michael Hutchinson and David Carradine and, and all the other people who have uh, masturbated themselves to death. <laughs> right, right. Uh, you know, so are you saying that autoerotic asphyxiation is sort of like the, the, the ice bucket challenge of, of this year? It's sort of the thing that everyone is like, it is doing? Yeah, but they advise you don't make a video of it that you put on Facebook. Because stuff like that, it'll come back and haunt you, you know, years later when you're applying for a job and they look into your social media history and see you uh, with a belt around your neck, uh, masturbating in a closet. You know, that's the kind of thing some employers, you know, they, they look down upon. Yeah, tell me about it. You know, last thing on, on, a, on a selfish thing, I hate to bore people with this, but you said um, uh, it's a, it's a notable year for me. It is. Just give me a little taste. Uh, okay. What happens is <laughs> yeah. uh, after the super spreader event at the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. There's a you know, lockdown and, and everybody's pretty much at home again and losing their minds. So they're looking for an outlet. And so they find questionable material. <gasps> yeah. And, oh. and so, uh, this uh, famous, uh, producer, uh, you know, listens to the podcast, falls in love with it. Um, and just thinks that I'm very entertaining. Yeah, we are. And so he, he makes me a deal. Uh, $20 million. I'm not at the Joe Rogan level. Right. But $20 million uh, for, for me to, and he wants to change the name. Question of material becomes Brian's world. And, and, and I want, it's, you know, it's the number three uh, comedy podcast. Number one being Joe Rogan, which isn't comedy. Uh, two, which is good housekeeping uh, tips, which is also not comedy. And then three is Brian's world. Right. So, so we're, we're now doing this show called Brian's World. I am. And so that's the thing. So my co-host, which is, of course, is you, uh, is so outraged by what he sees as uh, this kind of treason, you know, on, on Brian's behalf, but turning around, taking all this money and walking away from the partnership uh, that he's outraged. And, and you train how to fly single engine aircraft and you fly it to Washington, D.C., and you, during a full session of Congress, during the State of the Union address by President Harris, you fly that plane right into the dome of Congress. Jesus. And the sad thing is, uh, 
President Harris's voice is so loud and powerful that nobody even heard uh, your plane striking the Capitol Dome. Uh, and you weren't discovered until six weeks later. Your wife reports you missing or missing. Uh, she reported and a cleaning crew discovers the wreckage of uh, this Beechcraft Bonanza that you flew into the Capitol Dome. Uh, and you were killed instantly, of course. But, uh, you know, and they piece things together and realize you were trying to make some kind of political statement at the time. No, no one's quite sure what it is. Your manifesto, unfortunately, you tried to record one, uh, but your laptop camera was broken. <laughs> so your whole legacy is kind of a blur, but you're a, you're a household name. You're the guy who tried right. to blow up Congress with a small uh, propeller craft. But so I... I fly it into the Dome of Congress and I fail to the point where only a cleaning crew discovers it days or weeks later. Yeah, it didn't accomplish anything. It barely dented. I mean, the building's been reinforced uh, many times. It was built really well. Uh, it was American made. And uh, and so, yeah, you, you basically, sadly, uh, accomplished nothing. Whew, but you are famous and you're a household name. And I, uh, from that point onward, I acknowledge you in the credits of the show every once in a while. I'll take it. Jack, speaking of questionable material, uh, getting all big and huge. Yes. It's not only uh, a nice thing to do to review the podcast, because it's just, it's helpful when other people are looking for podcasts. It's good for the algorithm, as we say in the podcast Mm -hmm. business. Um, Mm -hmm. But also, uh, I've learned it's incredibly bad luck to not review us. Oh. And I want to tell you some stories I, I've been putting together uh, that I found out from people who've, who've contacted us to let us know. So uh, Barry Stevenson, perfect example. Okay. Barry Stevenson has been listening to questionable material religiously for nearly a year. Okay. But in that time, he's, he's completely failed to review it. And he just found out he has ear cancer and will it- need a double earectomy. And what's worse, Jack, is that he's got terrible eyesight and yeah. his, his corneas are shaped like porn star nipples. So he can't use contact lenses and without ears, he can't use glasses. So he's obviously devastated because he loves to read salon.com articles about gender identity. Right. Who doesn't? I mean, it seems like such an easy thing to do to avoid I mean, the, the health problems, yeah, that's, that's just devastating. You know, it's free to do. It's easy. It's quick. And, and, and yet you have these people who just, they risk, you know, they tempt fate. Like, oh my God, it's just heartbreaking. It's sad. Um, George Michael, oh. the front man for the band Wham. <laughs> right now he died four years ago. I remember. But a lot of people say that they think his premature death was related not to a long history of drug and alcohol abuse. But because his poor little cocaine heart was pining for questionable material to exist as a podcast so that he could leave a glowing review. Man. Yeah. No, that's sad. It makes sense, too, if you think about it. Killed for wanting something. Well, he wanted yep. something so hard as his little heart gave out. It sounds like a George Michael song. It does. And, and, and he's had such a voice. He really did. But I'm glad that I was part of his dreams. <laughs> yeah, you were. You definitely were. Uh, Gustavo Perez. Mm-hmm. He was an undocumented worker who listened to yeah. questionable material during his shift in the kitchen of a Denny's in Albuquerque. Oh, hey, Gus. All right. So now it could be argued that since he doesn't speak English, that he only listened to our podcast because he liked the sound of the the juxtaposition of my masculine voice to your, you know, effeminate tuberculosis voice. But 
<laughs> what, what people think is, is that to some higher power, his failure to review us and say that we were bueno was still completely unacceptable. And that is why immigration authorities burst into his home last week and have begun proceedings to return him to Guatemala, where he will be murdered by gangs. <laughs> that That's part of the, uh, of the paperwork. They crossed that out. Because it's not technically legally necessary to say that. <laughs> it could just be assumed. And yeah, all, he, all he had that to review. All he had know. to do was write a review. Just bueno. Yeah. Uh, New York Governor Andrew Cuomo. <laughs> now he had a chance to review questionable material, but instead he enacted a rule that required nursing homes to take COVID patients, uh, that resulted in the death of thousands of elderly nursing home residents. Jack. Uh, yeah, I think you mentioned that before. And while a complicit media has helped him cover that up, it, it's becoming obvious that more and more people are starting to learn that he's a terrible governor. And all of this could have been avoided if he'd only spent a moment to review us. Yeah, that's a good lesson for him. And here's a tragedy, Jack. Oh, no. Luke Ryan Jennings, who was uh, just about to marry his fiance, Alexa. Aww. Had a chance to review questionable material. Uh, he had even gone to the effort of writing something clever. And all he had to do was press the publish button. But his dog, Benji, started choking on a crayon and he got distracted and didn't publish the review. And he was so distraught about his dog's condition that he didn't even realize that Rachel Dolezal had quietly entered his home, poured gasoline everywhere and declared she was a black arsonist. Okay, Luke and Benji were incinerated in the blaze. And <laughs> no. what's worth, yeah, it's terrible. And what's worse is they burned to death while hearing help by the Beatles after he cried out, Alexa, help. <laughs> All right, well, happy new year, Jack. Jack! That was questionable material. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast. Make sure to review the podcast. Make sure to visit qmpodcast.com. 